You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Drinks with Johnny. I'm very excited today. I am joined by Barbie of Kingpin Boxing, um, also out here on the road with me. Uh, she's out doing makeup for Kim Dracula. And uh, first, let's just start there. You're now the second time, or the second person I've uh, had the pleasure of talking today from your guys' camp. We're in Salt Lake City today. Big show out there. How has it been being on this tour? It's definitely been really, like like exciting and different like I've never been on tour obviously I'm not like a, a musician but right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been really cool to like get to see all of like North America that's been awesome that's yeah, yeah. and where are you from originally are you also from uh, I'm from Tasman Australia. Australia so I'm from Melbourne not Tasmania Melbourne. So. okay awesome I love Melbourne I've, I've been there a few times it's it's a really great place yeah yeah it's really nice Is I lived in Tassie for a bit as well okay um, I still haven't been there it's so beautiful I, we were talking about it the other night though like the weather can be really cold right because it's the uh, i mean like not as cold as you would get like if you're like in canada like it wouldn't snow like you wouldn't be like oh, okay. snow temperature it'd be like cold for australia but like not cold for like the rest of the world Oh, okay yeah it's like cold for california is like when it gets down to like 60. well you you're do you guys do fahrenheit or, or celsius. celsius man i never know that conversion either god yeah, I think cold in Tassie is like 40 Celsius, I think. That's what someone said. Okay. Let's, let's just go with that. Let, 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 let the comments correct us underneath, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, before we get fully started here, I asked you what you wanted to drink during this uh, podcast, and you said Jägermeister and lemonade. Yes, I really so. like Jäger, but I, gotta, I would usually have it with like Red Bull, but I'll be like flying. Um, because like Jaeger and Red Bull, I, I totally understand. I've had I've had Jaeger bombs, but the lemonade threw me off. Yeah, I just like thought like I would try it one day. Um, I was actually at the Claremont Lounge in Atlanta. Mm. Um, the, the crew all went there. It's like some. The Claremont Lounge is amazing. Now that I know you've been there, we're gonna have to talk a little bit about yeah. that too. So I I was like um, I want Jaeger, but I don't want to have Red Bull because. I wanted to go to bed, mm. so I was like, I'll have it in lemonade, and I was like, oh, it's actually really good. <laughs> so, 
I just never would have thought to put Jägermeister in lemonade. It's just it's different to me. I don't know. Do I shake this? Yeah, yeah. So while you're making that drink, then, since you mentioned the Claremont Lounge in Atlanta, what did you think? I loved it. It was, it was, it was cool. I got like the the fifth, the the ones out and like the stack of fifties is like this high because <laughs> they were like so crumpled. Yeah. Um. So that was. Fine. I still got them. I'm like I have no idea what to do with them because I can't put them in like a purse or anything because it's just so many ones, and they're you, so. You, wait, wait, you still have them? Um. Yeah, I think we ended up leaving like right after I got like a bunch of money. I like threw most of it, but then like I had to have some in my back pocket. I didn't even realize. Well, thanks for being on the show. Cheers. That's Sorry. okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. So, so everyone knows what the Claremont Lounge is. Is it is a strip club, kind of. <laughs> it's, it's famous for having the uh, the oldest stripper. Really? Yeah. Was Hi. she there? She was she, last time I was there. She was she was there and and uh, believe she was in her late sixties. Power to her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, don't I think hope we to saw still her. be stripping when I'm that old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, get it. Yeah. It's so, really fun, really fun spot, Claremont. Shout out to you. I've had a lot of fun there. Um, so, what you mentioned Claremont now and traveling through North America. Have you ever been here before this tour? No, I yeah. I'm from Australia, so right. I came up to LA with Kim and Thomas, and we didn't really like. I've traveled personally for like the boxing stuff, mm -hmm. but we never really like traveled North America. I've been to like Austin, Texas. And I went like a road trip from Austin to California when I first got here, um, but other than that, I haven't really like seen much. So like everything is like totally brand new. And That's really cool so, to see. And you're, and you're finding it nice? You, you like it out here? Yeah, yeah, it's different. Um, I definitely prefer Australia to America, <laughs> but but it's really cool to see. Like, all right, I'll give I'll give it to you. Most most of Australia I like better too. But I, where I'm where I'm from though, I like better. But yeah, yeah. where are you from? Orange County. Orange County. Yeah, I've heard lots of people say that's really nice. Yeah. Well, if you're ever you know, and if you're guys, if you visit Thomas or anything like that in LA. Because we just talked, and he's he's living in LA now. I've just found out it's only an hour south. So. Yeah, yeah. Everyone talks about Orange Orange County, like it's a whole other like city. But I like I realized the other day, I'm like, it's only an hour's drive from LA. But it's it's vastly different from LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I had a I had a friend, and she's like, oh, I'm in Orange County. Like, if you ever come down here, like, let me know. We can hang. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, like it'll be great. And I'm like. And then when I got here, I just got, I'm like, wait, it's only an hour away. What do you mean if I'm ever down there? Like, I can just drive down there. Like, it's an hour away. The <laughs> so way, city. no, yeah, for us, like, that, that, that border is, is real. Like, L.A. is, like, just hectic, crazy, Orange County beach vibes. You know, it's like, like, yeah. I live in Huntington Beach, 10 minutes walk to the beach, you know. So it's, like, very different than yeah. the metropolitan city that is la yeah so you should you should come down and check it out yeah one day yeah one day <laughs> what are some of the other uh things you've gotten into other than the 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 lounge while you um, days off what, what are some other spots that you've been able to we hit we saw antelope island yesterday and i'm not even familiar salt, with that so it's like the island across from the big salt lake oh okay here. so we like drove up around and went on that island and saw a bunch of like wild buffalo or bison bison i think yeah a bunch of bison right? it would be bison here I think it would be bison. I don't know. I don't know. They were like <laughs> crossing <laughs> the street and stuff and like you're just driving and there's just like a bison crossing in the middle of the street and then you can like look across and see the 
the views of like the the mountains and the the salt lake which was like it was like so clear like you could see the mountains like reflected in the lake oh it was a good day for it then yeah yeah, yeah it, was, awesome. it was so nice but we got eaten alive by like mosquitoes or something <laughs> yeah there's a lot of them out there <laughs> by the by the by the by the lake for sure yeah i think we saw i don't, I don't know i haven't really we haven't really we kind of crashed on days off like because we're all so exhausted from all the traveling like mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think we're as used to it as like maybe <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> is our like first time? Uh, I there there was a period where I was used to it, but now that I'm older, I'm like <laughs> not real. I still get tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been definitely crashing. Utah's been crazy though. Like it's so Mormon. Like, oh I, yeah. I didn't like realize like I'm like Ooh, wearing like this so, shirt, and everyone's yeah. like. Well, yeah. Me, were, like, you, were you were you out in, in your makeup and everything too, or it was just I kind of like. I didn't take my makeup off from the night before, and so I like roll out of bed. My hair is like fucked. My makeup's fucked, and I'm like, let's go browse Utah. Like I'm here once. It's just, like I'm not gonna take my makeup off. Like, I don't care. Right. And everyone was like, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, like yeah. everything is so clean cut. I was like, ah. <laughs> this is not the place for that. Yeah, I almost got like <laughs> stranded as well because like my phone decided to like shit itself, and I had taken an Uber to like some random like mormon mall or something i don't know a mormon mall i don't, I don't know, know. It was like a <laughs> mall that had like mormon like shops or i don't okay. even know where i ended up going but <laughs> and, and it's, and it's where they find their 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 really cute ties and white shirts <laughs> yeah but my phone had ended up like completely like freezing like i could not turn it on i could not turn it off and i'm like oh my god how am i gonna get out of here and i'm like trying to get help and no one would help me and i'm like oh my god <laughs> I want to help you. Yeah, he's like crazy. Like I went up to a taxi and he was like, "No, open. Don't judge a book by its cover. Come on." (laughs) They were all like, like they're all like kind of friendly. I think like they all smile. Like everyone's nice. Yeah, they're 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 a little overly nice here. Yeah, I just think that just the people I spoke to weren't that nice. But I don't even know if they were Mormon. Mormons seem lovely. They probably just were like rude <laughs> not, <laughs> the not good people though. yeah not good people like i don't know, like i asked the taxi driver and i'm like he's like no i'm waiting for a woman and i'm like can you like call me like one of your friends he's like no you have to call and i'm like what i can't and he's like, like, my phone. Uh, and I'm like okay <laughs> so just, my phone ended up like restarting now so I okay could, like, good so you were able to get back you yeah didn't, you i was, didn't have I was to so stressed i was like sat there i'm like what am i actually gonna do because i couldn't find a taxi i couldn't find a pay phone and then after like having like two people reject me, I'm like, I'm not asking anymore. I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm not doing it. I'm just gonna sit here. I like saw like the bikes and I was like, could Ooh, I potentially But then I'm like, it might be more worse if I go on bike and I'm more like way out of the way because I, I take an Uber, right? So I was nowhere near the hotel or anything. I mean, you I had didn't no know. Idea. You don't know your way to back. Yeah, I couldn't find like a little. I tried to find a handheld map or something. <laughs> Do they even still make those? I think so. Really? We got a map of Antelope Island. Okay, I mean, I guess it makes sense. You still need something in case something like that happens on your yeah. phone. You're gonna need, you know. Yeah, I guess I could still print on paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. So back to the drinking though, Jägermeister is that your uh, spirit of choice? Yeah, I love Jäger. Okay. For just shooting, cocktails, all of it? All of it, yeah. I I don't know. I used to be, like, a big drinker. Like, I used to love to party and have lots of drinks. But then, obviously, I started, like, the boxing, and then it's, like, a big no to drink any alcohol. Mm. So then after that, I, like, taste alcohol. I'm like, Ugh, like, this is disgusting. But Jaeger's the only thing I've been able to drink that I'm not, like, absolutely repulsed by. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting, because a lot of people would say they don't like the taste of Jaeger. Really? <laughs> I, I mean, in America, it's not... 
it's more for getting fucked up out here. Like it just because it for whatever reason it's only the craziest thing is as I'm looking at it, it's only a 35 percent by volume spirit, which is not a very high spirit. But for some reason, and it's not uncommon. It's not just me. Like everyone I talk to, like you have a Jaeger night and you black out. Yeah. Because there's something else about it that's that's in there. And you're shooting shots of, of Jaeger. I mean, back when we did the Ozfest. Uh, this guy behind the camera that no one else can see right now, Rafa was was out with us, and he can attest like there was Jaeger every single night, and it was it was bad news <laughs> or great news depending on how you, how you look at it. But yeah, yeah, I don't know, I just like it. So in the boxing though, so obviously while you're boxing and stuff, you said you can't drink, you know, mm -hmm. you you're training also. Uh, uh, I, I have a, f a couple of buddies that are boxers, and they they turned me on to the idea of like if you get hit in the head. And you've been drinking <laughs> it's not really good for your brain <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> this is something i would never think of because i'm not a boxer so but so here's the other here's how i'm going to phrase this question let me let me let me come back around to this here so on on your instagram everywhere you go you're the, you're the six foot goth girl right and she's legit six foot by the way in case anyone couldn't tell i look so huge next to her um but uh <laughs> And you obviously do makeup. That's that's like your profession as well. And uh, that, so I guess my question is, where does the boxing fit in? Like, when did that start? Um, well, um, so I just kind of when I was growing up, my family were always into like combat sports. Like my dad, he used to be a professional MMA fighter. Oh. And he put us into like jujitsu, and my brother into like karate at a really young age, like six years old or something. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one -on -one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned Stay thirsty and stay filthy as fuck. Something. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go for, would we know who your father is? No, he's not. He. It was like. It was like back when MMA was just becoming a thing. Like he only had, I think, like ten fights in the nineties, and not on UFC or anything like that. Oh, not UFC. Okay. Not UFC. I, I watched. I watched UFC before it became what it is now, where it was literally just a tournament of of. of bar brawlers basically yeah i loved it it was it was not professional at all yeah. no yeah early stuff was like crazy they were so just much like have at her yeah it was <laughs> no so, one was like properly there's trained there's only two rules no fish hot no 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 eye gouging or fish hooking those that was it you could hit yeah. the balls you could do everything else like it was it was gnarly yeah so yeah. anyway i'm sorry to, to no, no, sorry okay. to take it off the rails there for a second but i just wanted to make sure it was, wasn't someone famous yeah. that, that the rest of no. us might know yeah he he's not famous or anything. he was on tv or something i don't know the promotion but it's like 1999 i wasn't even born yet so oh okay i, I don't know. wait in 99 you weren't born yet i'm i'm 21 i was born in 2001 <laughs> <laughs> 
to be young again. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you got a, you got dads getting you into jujitsu at yeah, a young age? Yeah, from a really young age. And I ended up like, when I think I was like, I used to like do it like competitively, sort of like these like, like state tournaments in like Melbourne and stuff. And um, yeah, and then when I was like 14, I was like, fuck this, I've had enough, I'm not doing it anymore, like, I'm sick of jujitsu, obviously, because, like, you know, when you're 14 years old, and a girl, the last thing you want to do is, like, rolling on the ground with, like, sweaty 40-year-old men, like, <laughs> <laughs> you just had enough, I had enough at that point, I was like, ew! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's nasty, because they drip first the sweat all, on you. First of all, I'm a 40-year-old man. <laughs> 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 no, I'm not quite 40 yet, everybody. Just calm down. No, but um, no, I'm just laughing because that image is, yes, of course you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want that as a 21-year-old woman. <laughs> you know, like, and, and I guess you would have to, why does it have to be a 40? Was there no, no one else to roll around with? It's kind of like, I think women are like kind of like, it's more recent that women are being like introduced and like mm. accepted into combat sports and there's still a lot of people who like don't believe that women should even be boxing or in combat sports and things like that mm. so i guess it's like the ratio when you go to but why does it go test. straight to 40 why wasn't there like other like i don't, I don't know. know 15 16 year old dudes <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there was like three kids in but the uh, class. if you roll around 14 year old girl 16 year old dude rolling around i remember what it was like to be 16 yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of boners going on. <laughs> yeah, my coach at the time he was like really harsh on me as well. So like to bully me, he'd put me with like these like 250 pound like men and like have me like try and like do jujitsu and like roll with them. And obviously I'm like I was I was really small actually growing up, which is really weird. I had like a huge growth spurt. So I was like maybe like 60, 70, 80 pounds mm. at like 13, like going up against these like. Oh wow! How tall were you then? I was like five foot less, maybe. Like I was really small, and then all of a sudden, like I think at like age fifteen, I was like, bang. Just everything happened at once. Yeah, and I was six foot tall all of a sudden. And, <laughs> yeah. That must have been wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I was happy because, like, it was so funny because, like, when I was younger, I always like wanted to be like a supermodel or something. Like I was always obsessed with like the model girls, and okay. I was like, I need to be taller. I used to like listen to like, like I don't know, like subliminal messaging to be taller. <laughs> That's a thing? Yeah, well, I don't think it works, but maybe it does. <laughs> maybe it I, did, hey, I know. Yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't think so, because my brother ended up being like almost 6'6". Six, six. Okay. So my so parents aren't even that tall, though. Like, my dad's six foot one, and my mom's like five foot six. My brother's six six, and I'm six foot, so. Wow. Just got lucky, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, I just like had a huge growth spurt. But, yeah, I was definitely like a lot when I was younger to be doing that. And I ended up dropping out, but my brother ended up still pursuing it. And he ended up doing like Thai kickboxing, jujitsu, like all of it. Mm. Um, and then he went on to do like um, amateur um, fighting, like amateur kickboxing matches mm -hmm. in, in Melbourne, like at the little like arenas and stuff. And then one day we were watching like uh, influencer boxing and YouTube boxing, like KSI, Jake yeah, Paul, all those guys. Okay, gotcha. And I, at the time, had like maybe like a million followers on TikTok. And I had like just been making like kind of like horror content and like gym content and stuff. And then it was actually Kim, like who was watching the um, influencer boxing and was like, you know what? You'd actually be really good at that. And I was like, hang on a second, you're actually kind of right. I think I would be. <laughs> yeah. Because we were like looking at like all the girls and stuff. And then um, one of the promoters had put a post out saying they were looking for um, someone to have a fight on 
um, 10 weeks notice at 155. And I was like, well, I'm 165 and I just came off a bolt because I'd been doing like the weightlifting thing. And I'm like, I could get down to 155 in 10 weeks. And I was like, yeah, like I'll do it. And the promoter was like, yeah, come on, do it. And I ended up like training really hard. I had my coach, Christian Enner in Melbourne and my dad and my brother like really training me really hard. And I was like fight ready. And then I had visa issues at the border because uh. America's like, it, the fight was supposed to be in Texas. And the border was like so strict. They were like, you cannot come in. You don't have the right visa. Like you cannot work. Cause they'd found all their boxing gear and they were like questioning us at like the detained uh, bit. Right. So I ended up having to pull out of that fight, which was really shitty. Cause I was mm. like so pumped. Like I literally was there like doing the open workout stuff. And like right. the like two days before the fight I had to pull out. Cause they were like, you're going to get deported if you do this fight. Cause you don't have the right papers. That's awful. Yeah, that, that sucks so much because I ended up like people. I think they don't realize how expensive, <laughs> like any like type of sports and then travel is on top of oh, that. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's it's crazy. I was talking to my uh, my buddy uh, uh, Kelly Pavlik. Uh, uh, he's a middleweight champion in boxing out here, and uh, and he he's setting up stuff to help out with that very issue of getting the kid, the, you know, the amateurs travel to these places so that they can compete yeah. because it is it's something that like if you're not in it you don't think about these kind of things right but like it's the good gear costs money then you gotta then you gotta deal with travel and then a lot of times you have an entry fee for some of these things right um i think at amateur level yeah but this was like this was, this was the, actually yeah. that one was scheduled to be pro which is crazy because i think a lot of people think that i've been boxing for years I have only been boxing for maybe uh, 13 months. Oh, so wow. So just over a year. So I have, like, the influencer boxing thing is very different to, like, professional boxing. Right. Because, like, for example, a professional boxer would have maybe, like, it wouldn't be uncommon for a professional boxer to have 100 amateur fights that right. aren't televised, that are in headgear and 16-ounce gloves, and then they transition to professional, and then they work their way up to getting onto these bigger cards that end up on TV and are really publicized, whereas... The influencer boxing scene is kind of like, hey, let's take these random people who are like successful or fa or famous for something else and get them in the ring and get them to just beat each other up for funny. Like it's more for entertainment, right? Than it is for like watching a technical bout of boxing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, that goes back to a little bit of that early UFC stuff too. It yeah. was super entertaining. It was not very technical, but it was super entertaining. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I only. Um, I'd taken that first professional match of 10 weeks. 10 weeks to go from no boxing to being able to get in the ring and have a fight, but obviously it fell through. Fell through, yeah. So I got a bit more time. So I think my first fight was Kingpin. They had approached me after my fight had fallen through and mm. they were like, look, we really like love your look and um, we want you to come be on our promotion. I was like, yeah, I'm down. And then that was scheduled for, I think, April. So yeah, I still only had my first fight off like five months experience of right. boxing. So I have so many questions about this now because uh, I saw you've had two fights now that you've won, okay? <laughs> um, awesome, by the way, congratulations, 2-0. Thank start, you. Good start, good <laughs> start. Um, tell me a little bit more about Kingpin Promotions though because I've never heard of it until uh, I was uh, doing research and, and learning a little bit about yourself. And uh, it's just, I understand the influencer boxing when you mentioned, I mean, I think most people at home would understand it when you mentioned like the Paul brothers and stuff like that. That's, you kind of get a, a, an idea for that, but they've also gone into like the straight up professional fights and stuff too, and created their own promotion, which 
I actually really am a big fan of them because at first I was like the same as like everybody else. Like, who are these YouTube kids coming up and everything? And then I heard them talk in a few interviews and stuff and what they were actually trying to accomplish and what they were able to do for the fight world and getting the, the fighters paid and uh, a little bit more more fairly and trying to help out with a lot of the fighters. So I, I think they're pr really smart guys and they're doing it for, for the, all the right causes. But and I think that's the uh, that's that's kind of the only knowledge of what you would call uh, an influencer boxing. So can you fill me in a little bit, go a little bit deeper on that and maybe explain what Kingpin is? Yeah, so basically what happened was, I think in 2018, I think KSI, he created like Misfits Boxing, which is the main promotion for influencer boxing. And that's where he had a bunch of the big names. Like he had, Jake Paul's never been involved with Misfits. He runs his own thing and he mm -hmm. does, I think he has his own promotion called MVP. And he is working with actual pro boxers. So he himself, while being an influencer, is trying to detach from that. Okay. Whereas KSI and the other half, like they have their big feud or whatever. The other half is like encouraging it, like hyping up these random people who have no business being in the ring and being like, get them in there. <laughs> you know, have <laughs> them fight. Would that be considered like, like uh, rough and rowdy is another one? Is that kind of like an influencer one? I think it is, but I think it's on a much, much smaller scale. So I think, yeah. I think that's... A they they tend random. to get. <laughs> I, I so years ago, Zach, uh, our guitarist, uh, told me to start following R Rough and Rowdy, and I did. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a little white trash. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love it. I'm definitely going Rough and Rowdy. I think that's so fun. Like, oh, I would do like an MMA fight there if they do MMA. That would be fun. You do an MMA fight there? I would. I'm not training MMA, but I mean, I. I well, you have it. the background. You could. You just yeah, train I'm, a little I'm bit. Yeah, I just get it, get it back. I yeah. guess, but. I would, I would do it. I think it'd be fun. The problem is I'm kind of big for MMA, but I guess if it's not like UFC, not that big. Yeah. Like they'll just have, they'll just chuck anyone in really. Yeah. They, <laughs> they'll, they'll also, those commentators are hilarious. So it would actually be really good. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back to you explaining oh, yeah. it a little bit. Sorry. We um, went off the rails there. Got a little excited about Rough and Rowdy. Um, Shout out. So the Misfits Boxing is the big one and they've done, I think the most events. And then you had other promotions, I think, like Creator Clash, Showstopper or something, okay. Kingpin, and I think that's it. And they're competitors to Misfits. Like they want to have a piece of the, the Misfits pie or whatever that they've, because they've got pretty much a monopoly on that whole thing. And these are like big events. Like these are selling out like 13,000 seats. Really? Yeah, so my two fights were sold out fights. And I think my first one, I was like, really early on the card because I hadn't really established myself. Everyone was just like, oh, this is just some weird goth girl. Like, this is just a gimmick, like whatever, chuck her on first, like whatever. And then when I had my first fight and I kind of like really like showed that like, yes, I'm not the most technical, mm -hmm. <laughs> but like I almost, you know, I, well, I, I totally knocked her out, but like the ref caught her. So he called it a knockdown. Which I don't oh, know that if you've was seen a knockout. I did. I did. Her I, eyes were like shut. Like she was I, like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was out. If she, I, I, I did see the clip, and everyone could go see it at, uh, at Barbie's. You know, all your social media, which everyone probably has already seen. Who's who's coming here to the show right now? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, so I did watch that. What I also found uh, when I searched was a clip of you two talking before that fight, and and you told her you were going to knock her yeah. out, and she said good luck. And then I saw the clip of, of you knocking her out. I was like. That's pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. I was like so excited. I was so happy. But um, yeah, then then fight two, they put me on towards the end, and the whole entire arena was like full. Like wow. it was like thirteen thousand, like similar to like 
like I guess what you, you'd be used to playing for probably way more than that. But <laughs> you know, like you know what it's like to go out there and have all those people like. Well, watching. I don't know what it would be like in a fight. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. got it. That's a very <laughs> different thing. I'm going up there and everyone, everyone's rooting for me. <laughs> there's yeah. there's people out there that are rooting against you. You're. I mean, I couldn't imagine because you gotta. Sorry, you gotta you gotta bring in all that energy and, and adrenaline and still stay focused on the fact that I need to hurt this other person. Yeah. I mean, how how do you manage that? Um, it's definitely like a lot like you just but you kind of get like this tunnel vision like beforehand you're like oh i'm nervous like what if i don't like what if i lose what if i embarrass myself what if i get knocked out but then you kind of like for me at least i know it's different for everyone like then i hear like my entrance music and i'm like i'm ready i'm like i know i trained for this i know i fucking got this like i'm coming to just like fuck people up and like i don't give a fuck and i walk out and i see them and i can see just like them like you know like with their teeth and they're like doing the bounce and i'm like oh you, you're dead like i got yeah. you i'm gonna kill you like, I'm just gonna fucking you got that confidence running yeah and i'm just get so excited and so hyped and then the bell goes and then i'm just like ready and then it actually surprisingly for me like it takes like a round or two for me to like settle in to it like i'm usually like kind of like stiff in the first two rounds and the third and fourth and fifth and i'm just like yeah that's when you start to feel it. Yeah, and that's yeah. when I get more excited and more ready and like more like comfortable because obviously it you is like you like to get hit to be woken up a little bit first. Yeah, I mean surprisingly, in like most of my fights, I have barely been hit, which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> Mayweather made a very good career out of making sure he never got hit. Yeah, yeah, I think like in all my fights or my last fight specifically, I can remember the most. I think she only hit me like uh, like a few like accountable number of times mm. like i didn't see the whole fight obviously i, I probably got to go back on it does the zone uh let you go back and watch older fights i haven't i've only watched live on the zone it'll be on youtube i'll be on youtube you can okay. just search my name i'm gonna i'm gonna out. look at though because i i didn't get to see the second fight i didn't see any of the second fight i saw the weigh-in that's all i saw yeah How'd yeah that one go um, obviously you won yeah that so one was well. <laughs> that one was good that was against so the kingpin was a tournament so that was against the other girl who had run in my bracket okay and she was really short, but she was really like buff. Mm -hmm. So everyone like online was always like, oh, how did, how is this legal? Like they're not even the same size. Then like boxing is like a weight class thing. Like if you it's had everyone have to be the exact same height. Well, those are people who probably have never seen yeah. boxing before because if anyone remembers, like that's, that's happens in the biggest, the biggest of, of everything. You got the heavyweights, heavyweight division stops after a certain things. So yeah. you go, you know, Tyson wasn't the tallest guy when he was fighting guys like Bo Riddick and stuff. Those guys were all taller. Yeah. You know, but but they were in the same weight class, and he still destroyed a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, so that one was good. I ended up kind of just, like, using my jab a lot. Mm. So what had actually happened, I actually broke my thumb two weeks before that fight. Is that uh, – I was going to ask about that. I wasn't sure if it, if it was boxing-related. How did that happen? Yeah, so I was doing sparring, and I had gone in for, like, an overhand, which is, like, this kind of hit, and you're supposed mm -hmm. to clash there. But she had also moved in, and I ended up smacking her, like, right on, like, this part of her head, oh. like, through the headgear, like, the top or something, like, where there was no yeah. headgear, with this part of my thumb. And I just, like, you can see in, like, the clip of the sparring. I'm just like, ah! And then I was like, okay, wow, that really hurts. But, you know, I'm like, where, how I was raised is, like, no pain. You know, you just, there's no yeah, such thing as an being MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're like, cut through, like, suck it up. Yeah. Do what Rub you gotta do. Rub some dirt on it and get back out there. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I was like, okay, this is really hurting. And I, you know, I finished my um, fifth round of the spa. So that was in the fourth round and uh, the fifth round. I'm like, okay, this is really like, this is really fucking hurting. Oh, you kept, yeah, okay. Yeah, I yeah. kept, I kept going because I wasn't about to be like, ow, because like, that's right, right, not right. allowed. Like, no, you don't totally, do that. Totally. <laughs> uh, at least with my camp, like, you know. So um, I was like, okay, this is really hurting. And I'm like, oh, like, okay. And then my coach went and got some ice and he's like, all right, when I had an injury like this, you just smush it on there. Cause I was like, just resting it above. And he goes and he could like take ice and he like smush it on there. And I'm like, ah. uh, that, yeah. And like, we we're like, what the fuck's wrong with my thumb? But I was in the US and I don't have healthcare here. So mm. I was like, okay. And I've got two weeks to a fight. So I'm like, I just went to like Walgreens and got like some like $30 brace, chucked it on and was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do jabs. Like, I'm just going to have to work on my right hand because this is hurting way too bad. And I can't use this. And I, I don't know, like, I just got to, I, I was like, it's sprained. It's sprained. It's whatever. Because it didn't like get like huge and blue. Like it just was really, really, really swollen and like bright red for like a few days. Okay. So I was like, whatever, you know, go out. Um. And I was just training jab for like almost like literally up until the fight. And then I was like, okay, well, I've just got to use my right hand like three days before the fight and I just have to suck it up. So it was like kind of hurting and stuff, but you have all the adrenaline in the fight. And after that, it's like, whatever. And then Kingpin was supposed to go on for the third final fight, which was scheduled to be September 16th. But the company ended up going like bankrupt because they ended up, oh. <laughs> yeah, they ended up like paying. I was wondering, cause I, I did see that it was a tournament. I was like, well, but she's out here how is that gonna work yeah <laughs> yeah well um it was like scheduled to be in september but they ended up going bankrupt because they paid the boys like just ridiculous sums of money like just absolutely absurd for like what they were able to i guess pull in in like fans uh, so it wasn't like paying back and you 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 said right there they paid the boys that way yeah not the girls <laughs> Yeah. It's, it is interesting though because you would think like influencer boxing would be all about your influencing like statistics like right. you're following which I would imagine engagement. for you who had, who had already had as you said you were the six foot goth girl makeup you put on your makeup you do your training and you gain this huge uh, yeah. uh, 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 social media following before you're even going into the ring so yeah. I mean I would I would I would say you you would have been uh, one of the bigger draws at some point too right yeah I think at first i wasn't because all everyone was like influencer so everyone was coming in like one guy had 60 million followers oh, okay. and it's like an a-list celebrity in brazil or something i don't really oh, know shit. okay yeah okay um, okay okay <laughs> um but i like, was like oh, you, she's got a pretty big following i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um but as for like everyone else like some of the guys like i did like i was still getting like a nice amount like i'm not gonna complain but comparatively to the boys they were making like 10 times what the girls were getting mm -hmm. and as my audience grew through the boxing, a lot of people got like attracted to f to me through the boxing and wanted to like be my like follower and like support me in that because I was doing something different and mm -hmm. like representing for like all the alternative people, I guess, who you don't usually like see in the sports world. Right. Um, so that I ended up like getting a lot of traction and the the pr the production from like Kingpin kept coming up to me like your ads are doing the best like anything featuring you goes viral like you know and I was getting like a tenth of what the people who couldn't even do half the numbers I was doing were getting. So it was like kind of shitty, but yeah, I was like, I'm shitty. not really in it for like the money per se. So I didn't like, like let that get me down, but it was just annoying because it like, got canceled obviously because of the payment. But anyways, <laughs> I, I tend to like just until like, I'm like a million oh, no, ways off this, the initial track. This is track. exactly <laughs> how I do my podcast. This is not, this is nothing new <laughs> to my listeners. I'm all over the place too. We'll bring it back. Don't worry. You go, you go and I'll, I'll bring you back. So 
anyway, so I was supposed to have the fight on the 16th of September. And, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, and it's then, you know, so I still had this thumb issue, but it was like the pain had kind of like gone away unless I hit it. And occasionally right. in sparring, I would hit it because that's just it. Like, you're not, you're not going to land a perfectly clean punch with this every single time. Like, right. sometimes you're going to accidentally snag on the chin. I, I, I miss all the time even on just the bag. Like, <laughs> I don't even spar and I know I miss. I'm like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we ended up, like, having, like, all this, like, jelly pads, like, covering the thumb, but it was, like, still hurting. And I remember, I'd, like, it'd be in between rounds. If I clipped it, I'd be like, oh, my God. I'd be, like, in, like, just this terrible agonizing pain for, like, and you couldn't Five even minutes. have Jägermeister to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after, like, the, the – then I just keep going and keep sparring because that's just what you do. And I right. just try and, like, keep this here. And even even when it's here, you're still getting punched. Right. And sometimes it's clipping even when you're not throwing it. But then when they canceled Kingpin, I was like, okay, I should get this checked out. And then, stupidly, I was like, well, it's, you know, it's not that bad. Like, I'm able to box, like, whatever. And I had flown to Australia to do – um, the camp before the finals just because I could be with like my family because they were they've been such a great help like my dad he always comes up to LA and is like training me and like getting me ready and doing like extra drills wow. alongside like my coach so my coach in LA is lucky boy at wildcard and he is like um like a two-time world champion himself so he's been great and then my dad would come and he would help out but my dad obviously couldn't stay in LA forever so right. I just kind of and I don't drive and, like, stuff like that. So it was, like, not easy to, like, be in L.A. Yeah, like, you don't drive? You don't have a driver's license? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell me you're 21 without telling me you're 21. <laughs> That's just the generation. I, I got nephews and stuff and... Like they're not motivated to have cars when, when we were kids growing up that's like the first thing you did as soon as you turned 15 it was yeah. just different but I digress <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so I have my um, I went to Australia so I could be with my dad and then I went back with my original coach Christian who had been coming to the fights with me because lucky boy had like um, family commitments so we couldn't just like fly across the world to come to my fights Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but... Yeah, so I got my, like, x-ray done in Melbourne because, obviously, healthcare is free there. Right. And I was like, it's going to be nothing, and I needed to get back to come to do the tour with, like, um, Kim and stuff. And, of course, I get the results right as I'm boarding the plane, and it's like, your thumb is broken. Like, you need to go get a bunch of tests and oh, check, check out and, like, 
you know, like it was marked like urgent by the doctor. And I'm like, oh, fucking kidding me. Like, you've got to be kidding me. So I was like, whatever. So I get on the plane, land, and I have to go see a specialist. And of course, it's like $500 just for him to give me like an opinion. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I knew I'd do that out of pocket and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh. And he's like, let's get you an MRI. And I'm like, let's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, just tell me, like, what do I got to do? Is it broken? Do I need surgery? And so what happened is actually kind of like disgusting. So where I'd hit it, so where I'd hit it um, is where the tendon connects. Okay. And instead of the tendon snapping, the tendon actually ripped a chunk of bone out instead oh. of snapping. So that's why my thumb didn't go like fully like black and stuff because it's not a clean broken in half. It's a chunk of bone detached, detached and floating the, in I there. I didn't know that that could even happen. I didn't know either, but I should be lucky because if the tendon ripped, I'd have to have surgery and I right. probably would, that would be the end of the boxing for me. Yeah. Which would suck. Um, but... Yeah, and the doctor's like, pretty much, like, no boxing for four to six months. You have to let it heal. And I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, and I'm like, well, what if, you know, like, what if I keep boxing? And he's like, well, then you'll probably need surgery because the tendon is going to, it's, it's not attached yeah, to yeah, anything. Yeah. Like, if you keep hitting it or using it, there's a chance it's just going to, that bone is going to fragment and then the tendon is going to come off. Yeah. So I got this because obviously I'm not going to go have, like, cast surgery. Like, I don't have, like... <laughs> I don't have insurance. I'm not paying. <laughs> so I went and got this off Amazon for 12 bucks and it's been, it's been good enough. He said as long as it's immobilized, it's fine. And then he told me, he said, you can get a brace. It'll be a lot cheaper than having it done here. And I was like, I'm doing well, that. Well, at, at least he gave you the, the, the option. The option, you know, yeah. instead of just saying like, you got to do this. Yeah, you know? I know. So I'm like, it's kind of shitty because like I really want to have that final fight with Julie, um, which is the other girl who won her mm. two brackets. But I think we're still going to have that fight next year. And under what promotion though? I'll probably be under Misfits, which is the only one who's like been able to like survive. survive. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> which is yeah, like all the other ones. Like, yeah, kind of they failed, were, yeah, lost yeah, yeah. a bunch of money, but Misfits hasn't, so probably them. And okay. Yeah. Awesome. So. We'll be looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start watching them live now when I see it. Before we we got a little bit of time before you got to go uh, do some makeup here in a second. So uh, I want to tie a bow on it, but real quick, I just I can't have you on here and not talk about your makeup and being a boxer like because that, that so the first leg of the tour i see you walking around and it's like oh it's the makeup girl it's like okay cool whatever <laughs> and and then like it was actually rafa uh who's in the room with us here today uh told me at the end of the tour he's all do you know that she's like a professional boxer wrestler kind of thing going on. i was like so no <laughs> i had no idea so he showed me a couple things we started we started chatting about it and i was like and then we looked. He he thought it might be wrestling because of the of the yeah. makeup, but it actually turned out it was legit boxing. What made you just? I mean, was it because? I guess I'm kind of figuring it out as we're having this conversation. I imagine it was you came with your influencer image to the boxing, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of was like, I always have my own like personal style and image, and then. I was like, well, if I'm gonna do boxing, like I still wanna bring that image with me. Like I'm not just gonna like wipe it off. Like this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And um, I know it was like, you know, I see a lot of like the wrestlers and stuff and they can do it in the ring. So I'm like, well, if I if I take the eyelashes off and I per uh, perfect a way where it's not gonna drip into my eyes and like hurt me or make me not be able to see, then why couldn't I? Like, right. so. I ended up like getting like, temporary tattoos that like stay on the skin and they don't move, they don't get in your eyes and they don't come off with sweat because you get wow, really, yeah. really sweaty and I like just perfected the makeup and I just brought it into the ring with me. I was like, this is who I am. Like, 
I want to represent for like all alternative people as well and be like you can look however you want and do whatever you want like absolutely if I have the confidence to look this way and go get in the ring and fight people like you can have the confidence to wear well, not only dress how you want yeah absolutely and not only just like you said the 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 boxing part of it you started out as like showing like an uh, uh, alternative looking person be also being kind of a gym rat yeah know? like <laughs> which is two ideologies that never used to be yeah. talked about before right yeah well when i first started like posting on tiktok like it wasn't really like as big of a thing like i think it's become more normalized now but like i didn't really ever like see any other like people who looked like me in the fitness space like it's always very like tan you know and oh, like yeah, nice yeah. makeup and natural and wearing like you know like looking like pretty and you know and i didn't never really like resonated with that and so i was like well i'll just do it you know and i i, I remember like i wanted to get fit and it was actually years before i started posting fitness content that i was in the gym because i was like i don't want to like post on the internet like from having like no no physical fitness about me i like mm -hmm. i want to be like i want to do like a like a debut like i want to be ready like i want to have lifted i want people to know <laughs> that i worked out and then yes i've like, awesome. been working out for like i think like a year before i like showed off like the first like hey i actually go to the gym and that's cool <laughs> yeah people were like people really liked it and resonated with it a lot so yeah i think it's good for uh for all, all the ladies out there too have a, yeah. have a strong woman to look up to too i think that's awesome um, before I let you go, because we are running out of time, though, <laughs> I will say it is Halloween season. It is October. You're a goth girl. You gotta love this this time of year, right? What is wh what are you excited about this this year in, in October? What movies are you hoping to see, or which ones are your favorites when, when we're talking about horror and goth and Halloween? Well, I am definitely most excited to have an American Halloween because in Australia we don't really celebrate it. Like, That's what I heard. It's not really a thing. Here. Willem just told me that 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 was that wasn't a thing there. So yeah, he's excited about it too. Yeah, so I'm like so excited to like go to Spirit Halloween. I already like bought a bunch of random shit from like TJ Maxx. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, yes! Like, do you have your costume picked out yet? I actually don't. I have okay. no idea what to be. I like I. I well, no a idea. after the show tonight, we're gonna be having a couple drinks over there. So come by. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll uh, brainstorm together. Cause I I don't know what I'm gonna be yet either. I know what I gotta be with with my son, but. I, Halloween's like my favorite holiday and we celebrate multiple days so I need multiple costumes because <laughs> I'm not awesome. going to wear the same costume uh, yeah. you know can't do Naturally. that that's, that's, that's silly <laughs> silly talk yeah so we'll, we'll powwow on that but I mean what are you looking forward to most of your knowledge of American Halloween check or trading I'm like so ready to have like I love shopping, so I'm like ready to like buy the cutest like Halloween candy and like decorate the front of my house and like give the little like cute little kids oh, and their okay. little costumes say, the candy. Okay, wait, a minute, wait, a, wait a minute here there, Barbie. The way you started that, I thought I thought you were about to tell me you were excited to go trick or treating. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't I don't know if that's gonna work. Yeah, I don't know. Can, can you do it as an adult? I don't I need to like borrow someone's like Just child. Borrow, you take can borrow them you me. can borrow my son and you go, <laughs> you go trick or treating. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm just so excited for like because I, I had like a few like Halloweens in like Canada mm. and like I remember like the big haunted houses and you'd like find the house that that gave you the full size like candy bars and that was oh, like the yeah. best house and I want to be the best house that does the full size candy bars as well yeah, yeah I want to be like you gotta hi welcome like dress up like, I want to dress up scary like I dress up like a witch or something I don't know and just give everyone like little candy oh and they're gonna be so cute their cute. little costumes the costumes are amazing so yeah. cute so, so adorable yeah, we, we do a big uh, Halloween party usually we're not doing it this year but I already told Will, 
next time we have it, we're gonna send you guys the invite because yeah, Halloween's just amazing to me. I decorate to the nines and like throw a big yeah. party and stuff. It's super fun. But um, so lastly, uh, I asked about the movies. Are you a big horror movie buff as well, or or is it just more about Halloween to you? Um, it's definitely just more about Halloween. Like okay. just like the the and the imagery the goth the goth yeah. stuff yeah, yeah yeah i i used to really like horror movies but to be honest i like i feel like they've lost their magic a little bit like they try too hard now i agree the new ones have not been as good like there's a couple out there that i've been like okay it's pretty good it's but more like psychological so now I, yeah and i don't want that i want the old school monster stuff like give me that stuff that's yeah that's why i got it all over my arms you know yeah. that's the stuff that i love you know but uh yeah i agree with you but i have heard terrifiers really good i haven't seen mm -hmm. it yet so i'm going to check that out this year and uh yeah excuse me spooky season i'm excited for it i always i'm always excited for it yeah yeah but thank you so much we could have gone on for a little longer i know but you got makeup to do we'll have to have you guys back on i was uh, talk to you guys you're only in la i'm in orange county it's an hour away when you guys are ready want to hang come on down and uh, i'd love to have you guys over at the yeah, house yeah thanks for having me of course of course uh everyone go check out more of barbie everywhere on so social media really easy to find easier to find her than me in this show so uh <laughs> thanks for uh for the chat thanks for everyone listening at home and uh, until next time as always cheers Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast. A songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.